You're listening to KSKQ 89.5 FM Ashland, Oregon and 94.1 FM Medford, Oregon. It is six o'clock and you know what that means. It's time for dream infringement. Dream infringement is a group of three friends. We like to pick a theme and tell stories based on that theme and then we play songs that go along with the theme and that's what we do every week. We are so glad to have you here. Thank you for listening to KSKQ. Thank you for listening to Dream Infringement and thank you for spending your second day of 2023 with us. Yeah, two days into the new year. I hope that it's it's been a good two days. I hope that uh, the first two days of 2023 really um, went well for you. And I hope that the rest of 2023 continues to go well for all of you. Well, that brings me to our theme since we just... Uh, closed the door on 2022. Our theme this week is closing time. So we're going to talk about actual uh, closing of things, restaurants, shops, and the closing of the year, the previous year, and maybe some other stuff too. And since our theme this week is Closing Time, of course we have to play the song Closing Time by Semisonic. This song actually has one of my favorite lines in it. So remember this, if you're feeling sad about something ending, something closing, closing a chapter, closing the year on 2022 and maybe you're looking into the future and you're thinking what does it hold i don't know remember the line from this song stew on this while you listen to the song he says every new beginning comes from some other beginning's end this is closing time by semisonic closing time open all the doors and let you out into the world this story starts in 1932 or maybe it starts in 1947 but it doesn't really much matter for the purpose of the story however it does start in japan and it does start on hokkaido island and it starts in the village of shirataki that has since been merged into the expanded town of ingaru the people there primarily make their living by commercial forestry, wood processing, and agriculture. In 1932 or 1947, a railroad was established. And in 1955, the Kami Shirataki Station was built by local residents so they could send their kids to school because the nearest school was about a 75 minute walk away. As of 2004, the village only had 1,305 people living in it, and as more children went to school, they graduated and moved away from the village, there were many less children in the village, less people in the village in general. By the year 2016, only 36 people were living there, including the Harada family, 
and their one school-age daughter, Kana, the last child in the village. After reviewing the number of commuters using their services in rural areas, the Japan Rail Hokkaido announced their decision to close a number of the lesser-used stations, including the Kami Shirataki. The rail company, however, ensured people that the service would keep going until Kana's graduation in March of 2016. The railways released a specific schedule to cater to the single passenger. The train would cease to stop at the station after she completed her education. When she boards the train, there are about 10 other passengers, mostly other students from different villages and stations nearby. And so, the train kept going. Every weekday it stopped at the station in the morning for its single passenger and stopped at the station every afternoon, letting off its single passenger. Through the heat, the rain, the snow, Kana got to school. But graduation day 2016 was fast approaching and it signaled a change, both literally and symbolically, for the Harada family, of course, and the village that once was Shirataki. I got on and off this train for the last three years, and the station's presence has become something I have taken for granted, Kana Harada told reporters. I do feel sad to think it will disappear. And the day came, the last day. There was a solemn but warm atmosphere with a handful of members of the press and local residents hanging around. The station set up a tent offering free milk and sweet potatoes to those in attendance. The station, for all that talk about it, was really just a worn down wooden shed with a single bare incandescent light bulb, but someone had placed a bouquet of flowers on the bench. A short while later, the train arrived on time although it had quite a few people on it this time, to pay their respects and stop at the station for one last time. Now the Hokkaido section of the route will have a blank space of about 40 kilometers without a station. Beyond the girl in the headlines, the station had meant something to everyone there and starting today, those memories would be all that was left of it. Kana would be 24 these days. I tried to find follow-up information about her life, but I was unable to. Perhaps she went to college. Perhaps she's still in college. Because after all, she knows the importance of getting a good education. So I found an old Japanese folk song called The Steam Train. So, hi, I'm Weston, and today I'm going to be talking about this restaurant called Griff's. Their food is really, really good, but it closed down, sadly. But the food was really good, so I, ha I don't see why a lot of people wouldn't go there. So, anyways, yeah, it, I, more specifically, Griff's on the dock. And so, yeah, it's a good restaurant. It's um, in Gold Beach, and it's it's like near Port Orford, 
it's actually kind of like in Port Orford, in that area, like the docks, and it's really good. So, anyways, anyways, let's get to the point. So, we took a trip to Gold Beach, and we were stopping by for lunch at this place called Griff's, and the food was really good. I got a hamburger and fries, because I wasn't expecting much, but it was really good, and and my other family members got like fish and chips and my little brother got um a burger as well and you know it was really it was really fun going there and it was nice and there were a lot of cool decorations they had there and the menu wasn't complicated and yeah and then it closed and we went on another trip to gold beach and that time we were like oh yeah we remember this place let's go there it was really good so we got there and it was closed due to not getting enough money because customers weren't going there and i don't see again i don't see how that would happen because they have really good food and then so yeah that's my story and that's it and now for leave her johnny by johnny collins the sea shanty that i chose for my story leave a johnny leave a Hi, Indy. How are you? Good. Good. Um, do you want to tell the people listening how old you are? Five. Five is a good age. Are you enjoying being five? Yeah. Someday I'm going to be... Someday I'm going to be six. Yep. And I'm really excited for that. What do you think is going to be different when you're six? I don't know. (laughs) sit without a seat oh you think you won't have your booster seat anymore yep you'll be a big boy yeah well we'll see (laughs) well we're not here to talk to the people about booster seats are we no No. we're talking about closing stores yeah closing stores and we went to portland i'm doing this one yeah we're gonna talk about it together we went to Portland over the summer, and we were trying to find a special kind of store. Do you want to tell them what it was? Can I do the whole thing? Yeah. So, yeah, uh, we wanted and it was closing. We were sad. And also, so we went to another place, and we came to our hotel, and Mom made this really delicious food. Yeah. Aw, thanks. Do you want to tell them what kind of store it was that we were trying to find? Like a pop... A pop culture store, and it was closed. Yeah, and it had, like, cool comic books and, like... And, like, video games. Yeah, action figures. Yeah. So do you remember we tried to find a different pop culture store? Yeah. And it was... It was kind of interesting because it was shaped, it was on an old train. You remember that? Mm-hmm. What did you think of that pop culture store? So good. Yeah, it was called Pop Train, I think. Pop. Yeah, it was called Pop Train. Yeah. And sometimes, sometimes stores, <laughs> 
sometimes stores are closed and that makes us sad, like you said earlier, huh? Yeah. But when something is closed, then it's kind of cool to find something else. Yeah. Don't you think? Yeah. Well, is that the end of your story? Um, yeah. Okay. And thank you for radio. KSKQ. Thanks for listening. And thanks for um, talking to us, Indy. You're welcome. So, Indy chose another sea shanty, just like his brother Weston. guess we listened to a, a lot of sea shanties in this um, house, more than I realized. Um, Indigo, do you want to tell us what song it is? The song I chose is Wower Man. Below my bully boys blow. <laughs> Soon may the weller man come to bring us sugar and tea and rum. One day when the tonguing is done, we'll take a leave and go. She'd not been two weeks. Hello, Bobby here. When I first considered this theme, closing time, it was like two weeks ago, and the first thing that popped into my head was just kind of this like lighthearted whimsical way of covering the theme and it had to do with blockbuster and how you don't really know like what you have until it's gone and how when blockbuster was closing its doors and everything was like um on clearance you know they were selling everything uh it was kind of like delightful and exciting a little exhilarating to be able to like buy all these movies for really cheap and all this like movie candy and everything um and then i missed blockbuster years later and didn't really you know realize it was ending anyways that's not the story that i'm telling although it's a really uh good one and and i think it fits the theme pretty well uh i realized that one of the more meaningful things that had to end um, was something that uh, was personal to me, more personal than the blockbuster franchise coming to an end. I spent some time in the year 2022 on therapy, and it was so vital because I needed to be able to sit down with someone who understood how the human brain works and how we uh, tend to navigate emotions and thoughts and difficulties in life. I needed to be able to sit down with someone who understood all of that and talk to them and get some really essential tools to help me to navigate in a healthy way my life, my world. Navigate as a father, navigate as a husband, navigate as me, Bobby. And it was a gift. It was not something that I ever imagined I would experience, but it was something that because of the people that are really important in my life, like Emily and Jennifer, they normalized that kind of inner work that someone might feel they need to do for themselves or um, call on to, to help themselves. And, and I'm really grateful uh, for that perspective, for that support system that I have. And uh, again, it was super helpful. Uh, but something really interesting happened. I 
experienced the therapy and because of my health insurance, um, my therapist, she closely monitored my progress. And there was a point where I had all of the tools that I needed and I was able to put those tools into effect in my life successfully in different instances. And when I told her about these, uh, these events that I was able to, in real time, utilize these healthy coping mechanisms that she uh, equipped me with uh, by teaching me and explaining to me uh, how to use them, something interesting happened. There was a point where the trajectory of our therapy was coming to an end, where I could sense that it was ending because she, in following the rules of my health insurance, uh, would be reporting to them that I got the help that I needed and I was able to successfully navigate um, using that help and so I was no longer in any kind of like emotional crisis. Uh, that's a little peek <laughs> behind the curtain when it comes to uh, health insurance and, and mental health assistance. So when I was told that I would just have a couple more sessions before uh, that chapter was closed, I began to go through these like different stages of I don't know, letting go of something that I had to let go of. I had no no real choice in the matter um, unless I'm faced with another crisis that would qualify me to be able to get more therapy through my health insurance, which I hope does not happen again. I don't know. Life tends to unfold in ways that we don't expect, and I fully embrace new experiences in life at this point if I need to. But um, but for the time being, I had the tools, I used the tools, and I didn't need um, instruction anymore when it came to the tools. Uh, and so that was coming to an end, and it was time, like I said, to close that chapter. And so here comes the theme. Um, how did I cope with that? How did I uh, process closing that part of my life experience, getting therapy and ending therapy. Um, I internally clung to the, the idea that I needed a therapist just like ongoingly. Um, but then there was a point where I was anticipating my therapy for, the, for that week um, and that day was approaching and I was feeling anxious because I didn't have anything to talk to her about. Um, and then I looked up online uh, when you feel anxious about talking to your therapist because you have nothing more to talk about. You feel you have nothing more to talk about. And they said that that is a good problem to have. And that's how I framed it. It was okay to not have anything to talk about because that meant I was ready to spread my mental health wings and fly on my own. And that was a gift, a gift. Those kinds of discomforts, like I don't have anything more to talk to my therapist about. Uh, there was a time where I was so, so ready to talk to her and unload all kinds of things that I needed to because my mind was like so full of uh, difficult thoughts and difficult 
coping mechanisms that that I knew I needed to try to rid myself of to be able to develop new ones that were healthy that were going to um, help me and and contribute to the health of of my family to Emily to my boys um, and so I was like ready to just have my therapy and tell her all of those things but I didn't have that anymore um, that was a gift and I think that sometimes when things come to an end I think that that's okay um, it doesn't mean anything negative at times I think that even even something coming to an end that we know we're going to miss or we know is meaningful to us um, life is a series of endings and I've learned that through some really difficult experiences in my life that life is a series of endings and you have an opportunity to learn something about yourself as you close those chapters and begin new ones. And I am ready to start new chapters. I think that as adults, it's hard to see something end. It's hard to get comfortable with something and then sit in that comfort and then have to adjust to a new beginning. And I learn so much from my children's ability to adjust and transition through different chapters of their lives. They kind of fearlessly ride into the wind when as grown-ups i think that we we tend to complicate ourselves um that's okay because you have so many experiences by the time you reach you know like full maturity i'm 35 years old so i've been through a lot of different things and i tend to attach a lot of emotion to different experiences so if an experience is similar to one that i had experienced you know, years before, um, if it's similar, then those emotions tend to be, they feel identical. And if my last experience was not a good one, uh, I can tend to kind of compare those two experiences and, and, and tell myself, these are the same experiences. And that one didn't end well, and so this one is not going to end well. But kids don't compare, they just don't do that. Kids kind of experience every event as if it's its own event, which it is. They approach it with a, a freshness that, um, that I love. And I think that approaching every experience with, with a, a new perspective, with open arms, with, with readiness, just like a five-year-old does just like a nine-year-old does. I think that that will serve us better as humans. And so I try to do that. Things will end. That's inevitable. Whatever it is that you might have gotten comfortable with, whatever it is that, that you, you thought this will forever be this way, it ends, and that's okay. To everything, there is a season. I've experienced the end of many things in my life but they have made room for many beautiful beginnings one beginning that i think of is starting the beginning of the king of the hill series which originally aired in the mid 90s and i am watching this series with my sons and they love it 
and that makes me so happy and there's this one there's this one episode it's a very polarized uh series there's so much uh hilarity and beauty and sadness and and oddness to the show and and i love all of that it's all wrapped up in one and so many endearing characters but there's this one episode that particularly hit my my boys um in 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 just the right way where they they want to watch it over and over again and uh it has to do with um with a character in the show named luann she's voiced by the late Brittany murphy who who we all loved and and she was an excellent voice actor in that show um but the character luann she loses uh her boyfriend in an explosion um in a previous season and she ends up uh seeing her boyfriend's angel which um if you read between the lines she's actually hallucinating <laughs> from the chemicals in the hair treatment um dyes that she uses for her um beauty school and uh and so she tends to be holding the box of hair hair chemicals uh when she sees uh this this uh i don't know apparition and it's it's buckley her boyfriend and she only sees him when he is on jumping on this trampoline she only sees him on this trampoline and it's at night and the first time she sees him she she's talking to him and she's telling him how much she misses him and he was never a really good boyfriend actually um but but she misses him and um they just spend the whole night jumping on the trampoline and during that that montage of them jumping on the trampoline there is a song that plays and it's a delightful song that i forgot about since i had last seen it which is when i was you know like 11 um and it's a song that my boys request many times in the car when we're driving and it's a song that reminds me of new beginnings and it reminds me of things ending but that being okay so i'm going to play that song here is Life in a Northern Town by The Dream Academy. This one's for you, Indigo and Weston. Two of the best beginnings I could have ever been blessed with. Imagine, it was the late 1920s, early 1930s, and you were going to the newest thing. It was all the rage. You saved up your money, your allowance for this week, to see your first talkie. You are going to hear the voice of your favorite leading man. So tough, so rugged, so British, so high-pitched. Your favorite leading lady was Hungarian this whole time? or had a stutter, a lisp, spoken a baritone, or just not what you imagined. It just didn't fit. Not only that, the performance seemed so lackluster. Why was everyone so stiff? And just like that, they weren't your favorite pair anymore. The silent movie era started in 1894, and in 1927, the first talkie was released. Two years later, in 1929, the silent movie era was over. 
When talkies first started being talked about, Variety magazine declared, movie stars should be screened and not heard. Many thought it was just a passing phase, a novelty people would soon get over. But when you look at IMDb, they have a list called Careers Affected by the Advent of Sound Film, and there are 547 people listed, along with some of the reasons. Pat Ahern was a silent screen leading man who was reduced to playing minor supporting roles after the transition to sound due to hearing loss. Barbara Bedford, her rather husky voice was deemed too much of a contrast to her appearance. As a result, her status declined with the advent of sound. Vilma Banky's first talking picture proved an awful experience for the almost inaudible Hungarian actress. Therefore, her illustrious silent film career did not survive the change to talkies. Doris Dawson. With the advent of sound films, her career suffered due to what critics dubbed as a grating voice. Art Accord was a real-life cowboy who made over 100 westerns during the silent film era. Despite his strapping physique, he had an incongruously high voice unsuitable for talkies. Many stars didn't even attempt it and retired from acting once silent films went out of production, because silent films depended solely on what you look like. You could be a hugely famous star with a lisp, a stutter, an unconventional voice, any accent, any language. And silent film acting was a sort of pantomime. You had to be very expressive, and directors would literally be shouting near you second-by-second instructions. They would scream at the actors to make them cry, tell them jokes to make them laugh, all on the sidelines. But with sound, you no longer got these helpful hints. You had to figure it out on your own. You had to laugh and cry with no prompting. You had to tone down your performance. People who'd done a lot of stage work adapted better, but soon even the whole style and method of acting had gone out of fashion. Even fashion was going out of fashion. If you had been typecast as a flapper in the 1920s, well, you'd better reinvent yourself quickly before you were typecast and cast out. Early sound equipment was very bad. You had to move very carefully and stiffly so it didn't pick up the rustling of fabric. Clara Bow said, I hate talkies. They're stiff and limiting. You lose a lot of your cuteness because there's no chance for action. Also, some of the silent film stars were making a lot of money, and they were beginning to get a little older, and executives saw a chance to sabotage their careers by giving them really bad parts, blaming it on the talkies, and then letting them go and hiring much cheaper new actors that they felt they could make famous. It seems like technology in film is ever-changing, rapidly evolving. Sound, color, special effects, CGI, 3D, virtual. What's next? It's hard to remember that we are also living in the midst of beginning and ending eras and trying to adapt just as quickly to keep up. Maybe if we keep that in mind, we'll have a little bit more softness and sympathy for the things and the people that help pave the way before us.
I've listened to the musical Sunset Boulevard a lot, though I don't think I've seen the movie. It's about an aging star desperate to reclaim some of her former fame. The lead character of Norma Desmond is a fictional composite inspired by several real-life faded silent film stars, such as the reclusive existence of Mary Pickford, the mental disorders of Mae Murray and Clara Bow, and the grotesque, even predatory acting style of Norma Talmadge. There's a song called With One Look that seems to encapsulate the experience so well. And so that's the song that I am playing with my story. No words can tell the stories my eyes tell. Watch me when I frown. You can't write that down. You know I'm right. It's there in black and white when I look your way. You hear what I say. It's Almost closing time for this episode of Dream Infringement, which whose theme was closing time. And I just have to say that everyone just did a fine job. You all deserve a good pat on your back. Not just the contributors, but you listeners, because you sat there and you just continued listening. You really only had to just do nothing because like getting out of your seat and walking out your front door while we played, uh, that would have required action. But you just sat there and you showed us what doing nothing is really about. So thank you for doing nothing. What about the people that weren't sitting? What about the person that did get up and do something? Or the person that was um, running? Or the person who was driving? What about them, Bobby? Well, in, if that was you, then you were doing something while you were doing nothing. So I, I salute all of you for doing that. Oh, boy. But I do not pledge allegiance to you. I, I can't do that because I don't really know what you value. We're not like th- that's not that kind of relationship. This radio listener relationship. It's more like one sided <laughs> you listening to me. So in this scenario, you felt like those people interpreted what you just said as that you would pledge your allegiance to them because you complimented them? Oh, Bobby. Isn't that how a compliment works? I think you're confused. Oh, boy. I got some work to do then. Well, yeah, this is it. We should stop talking now. And we're going to end the show by playing a song request from our dear friend Miriam. This is Poison Ivy by... The Coasters. The the Coasters. Good night, everyone. Touch. Poison 